Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may have your seat. Amen. Yesterday we went for sports day, so my voice is a bit gone. And I have some muscle aches. How many of you have muscle aches? <laughs> the sports day was amazing. Amen. Today I just woke up and I was like, okay, this muscle is hurting. This one too. This one too. What did we do actually? We did a lot. Amen. So I want us to dive in the word of God. First of all, I want to thank you all for being here. I see a lot of new faces. So if it's your first time, just wave your hand so that we can just appreciate you wherever you are. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Welcome, welcome. All right, the theme of the month is the right, the right, no, 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 I didn't hear you all. The right, amen. And it's about the righteousness of God, amen. And I've titled my sermon today, Put on the Right Makeup. Amen. I just want us to pray before we start. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you have done for us. I thank you for how far you have brought us, Lord. I pray, O oh Father, that your word, O oh Father, will come, O oh Lord, and reveal yourself unto us through your word, O oh Father. May it fall, O oh Father, in the hearts of all of us, O oh Father, and fall on good soil, O oh Father, that it may germinate the fruits that you have placed in us. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. First of all, I want to thank the leadership of the church for giving me the opportunity again. For Sidon, Elder John, Elder Dan, and the whole team, God bless you. And our team is taking from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. And actually, this is the verse of our mission, the mission of ACC. And then the last verse, that is our team, basically. So I'll read 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. Amen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Amen. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And then 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. So only in Christ, we have become the righteousness of God. And if we recap from the following, the, the past weeks, the Bible Academy, the preachings, the preacher's digest, we know that righteousness is a gift. So righteousness is not something that you can work for. No, it's only something that comes to you through faith. Righteousness means having the right standing with God. So it's not having the right standing with men or with your family or with your friends. No. It's the right standing with God. Amen. We also heard that we are the embodiment of his righteousness. And righteousness is like a garment we must put on. 
Ephesians 4 verse 24 says, And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Romans 1 verse 17 to 18 also says, That for in the righteousness of God, God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Today I want you to go with me on a journey through science. I want us to understand righteousness as it being the DNA of God. How many of you have studied science before? Me. <laughs> oh, a lot of scientists here. That's nice. The DNA of God. If you look at this picture, actually what DNA stands for is deoxyribonucleic acid. And what it actually says, it's a composition of molecules in the core of a cell, which actually produces the cell and brings it information out. And as Christians, we are an entirely new creation. The TPT says, we are an entirely new and fresh creation. We are entirely new and fresh. That is how we are created in the image and after his likeness. Amen. And as it is said already before, Jesus, when he makes you up, he makes you out from the inside out. Amen. This morning I was putting on my makeup. Do you like it? <laughs> I was putting on my makeup. And then, of course, if you're putting on your makeup, the ladies know that it's, it's a phase. It's a process, right? You don't, just, you don't just wake up and put on the concealer and go or put on the foundation and go. No, it's a process if you want to do it right, right? So I started with the concealer and then I wasn't finished. And my husband was like, hey, Amazon face. <laughs> and I was like, Amazon face? He goes, yeah, what is this? I said, this is the, the start of the makeup. Just trust the process. Just trust the process. And now look at me. Is this the Amazon face? <laughs> so with makeup, there is a process to it. That is also, if we apply the DNA of Christ, it is a process. We are made perfect in him. But to bring it out, that is the process. And it's a process of every day. Every day you wake up, you need to be conscious of the righteousness in you for you to bring it out. Amen? So if we look at DNA, you see that it has a double-stranded helix. They call it helix because it goes like this. It's a double-stranded helix. And what it does is it's composed of, of actually polynuclear chains, which are actually protein chains, and they coil together, they form a double helix, and they carry the genetic instruction for the development, the functioning, the growth, and reproduction of all known organisms and many viruses. Even coronavirus has a DNA. Did you know that? <laughs> Josephine knew that. Even the viruses have DNA, but we also have our DNA. And our DNA is perfect. It is without faults. It is without blame. And actually what it says is, it is the instruction for our development. That means our development, if we want to develop in life, we need a particular instruction. Amen? And I'll get to that instruction later on. But what we know is that 
if you're talking about genes, you're talking about DNA. For DNA composes genes. And we as human beings, we have 20,000 genes and even more. So those are all characteristics of our beings, right? In the same way, do we have innumerable, like an uncountable amount of characteristic of our maker? When the Fraser worship team were leading, they said he's the lion and the lamb. Have you seen any, anyone, any God before he, who is at the same time the lion and the lamb? No, it's only our creator. He's the man that never lied. That's what Murph says. He's a man that never lies. So that is how we are made as well. Amen. And because of our genes, we look like our parents, right? If you look at yourself, for instance, if you look at Thomas's and Nanama's children, they have four kids. Some of them look more like Nanama. Some of them look more like Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> it's all because of the genes. It's all because of the genes. And sometimes you, in life, you have like two partners um, because due to certain circumstances, maybe they went apart and then they have a child together and the child looks so much like the parent they really dislike now, unfortunately for them. And sometimes they reacted on the child, but it's, it's the genes. You can't do anything about it. And so are we made in the likeness of our creator. Amen. For instance, I have my mommy's eyeballs. And I have my daddy's calf muscle. And that's how I, I am created. And so are you created. And all of us are beautiful. You just need to embrace it. You just need to tell yourself that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. If we go to Genesis 1 verse 26, it says... Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Amen? If you look at DNA, and I want to, to just give an example the DNA of twins is identical. Ardina and Deborah here, our twins, give them a hand. <laughs> Please, can you come forward? I want to use you as an example. The DNA of these two sisters is identical. It's one. Look, look at how they're walking. It's the same. It's one. Their DNA is one, right? But they're two people because they came from one cell it split it into two, and then the two went their own paths. But they are identical. They look the same. It's really difficult for you to notice which one is Dina, which one is Deborah. But I can see it now. Dina. Yeah. Uh, Deborah. <laughs> That's how identical we are with Christ. That is how we are made in his image. We are the same as Christ. Thank you, sisters. Give them the all clap offering. We are the same as Christ. That is how he has made us. We have his DNA. We have his genetic makeup. We have his righteousness. We actually are his righteousness. And we are just the same. There is no mistake in our spiritual DNA. 
That is something that you need to know. There is no mistake in your spiritual DNA. Our spiritual DNA, it controls our body. And because we live in this world, we have a body, we have a flesh, we have a sinful nature. So sometimes we may fall into various temptations or fall into mistakes, etc., because our spirit is not controlling our flesh and our body. But actually, our spirit is it's perfect. There's no fault in it. That is why if you have any sickness or any weakness, your spirit, through your word, through your faith, it can overcome it in Jesus' name. It can overcome it. Because what is in us is greater than? Amen. And the interesting thing, which I love about science and everything, is that in every cell of your body, Dr. Depot will know this, in every cell of your body, being it your nose cell, your eye cell, your finger cell, your toe cell, they all have the same genetic information. They all have it. But my nose cells only activate the cells which are responsible for the function of my nose. My head cells only activate the cells which are responsible for my head. If my finger would activate my toe cells, it would look really strange. That is not how God made it. We all have the genetic information. We all have the righteousness of God in us. We are one body together. But not all of us are the head. Not all of us are the nose. We only have one nose who can sense and smell things like, hmm. Not all of us are the feet. But that's good because all of us are righteous and that's enough. So know your place, people. Wherever you go, know your place. Know what God has called you for. We all have the righteousness of God in us. But why is it that you see the righteousness of God maybe more in another person than the other? It's because the one has activated it. The one has put it on. So today, put on your righteousness because it's in you. Amen? It's in you. And if you look at the DNA again, the order of it is that DNA is being translated to mRNA, which is actually a messenger, meaning that there is a message. So at the core, there is a message. And that messenger RNA leads to protein, which actually is what we see all over ourselves. Without the core, which is the righteousness, and without the message, you won't grow you won't develop, and you won't function. So if, as we say in ACC, if you want to know you more, you need to know Christ. That is the only way to know you more, amen? Because he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. Simple. If you want to come to the core, you come to Jesus, amen? You come to Jesus. And I want us to read from Romans 8 is a very powerful message. Romans 8, 3 and 9. I just want to go through this one quickly. It actually says that the law of Moses was unable to save us. God did what the law couldn't. He sent his own son. 
And the verse 9 says, you are not controlled by your sinful nature, but by your spirit. Amen? And your spirit is righteous. So you are controlled by righteousness. Your spirit is righteous. Your spirit is perfect. There's no fault in it. No mistake in it. Romans chapter 3 verse 20 to 23 says, Romans 3, 20 to 23 says, I really love this passage. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Wow. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Amen? So it says we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glorious standard of God. Amen. The only way you can be made right with God is through faith. That's the only way. The only way to be made right with God is through faith. That's the only way. And if you read the 31, which I love so much, it says, well then, if we emphasize faith... Does this, mean, does this mean that we can forget the law? Some people think that if we're talking about faith, that faith makes you whole, faith makes you perfect, that it means you don't need to keep the law. No. It says, of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law in Jesus' name. Amen? Only if you have faith do you fulfill the law. And only if you have faith, you are above the law. That's how it works. It's not the other way around. It's not work, trying not to sin, and then righteousness. No, it is righteousness, faith, and then you won't sin automatically. That's how it works. For it says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For us to know what we possess and to realize our position in Christ, we need the right information. We need the messenger RNA. Which sends the message. Ephesians 5 verse 26 says that we, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So the word washes us, it cleanses us. It makes us without spots or wrinkle. Even if you may have wrinkles or maybe spots on your face, because of the right makeup, you don't see it. And the right makeup is the righteousness of God. And that's the only way that he will come for you and for us all as a glorious church. I want to look at a case study of King David some of us think that because we just came to Christ, because we were born again not so long ago, or we don't know enough of the word to, to actually live right, we are behind or they feel behind. 
But this passage at 1 Samuel 17, you can go home and read all of it, but I just want to take the highlights. Actually, King Saul wanted someone to kill Goliath. He, the, the Philistines were pursuing the Israelites and Goliath was kind of the head of it and he was tall. Goliath was a giant. He was tall. Everyone was afraid of him. Whenever he appeared, the Israelites were terrified of what he was going to do. So King Saul, who was reigning back then, he wanted someone to kill Goliath. And then no one really volunteered. But there was this small boy, David, looking for the shepherd. He was watching the, she the sheep. He was a shepherd watching over the sheep. He was always at home, always in the field, always with his mom. So people did not regard him as being as strong to be able to fight Goliath. Because Goliath was a tall man. He was a giant. So David said, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I will go and fight him. And then Saul said, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. Amen. Don't let people look down on you. Don't let people tell you, oh, he's only a boy. He's only a girl. Oh, he's just a born again. Oh, she only came in the church for four weeks. What does she know? Who can she fight? We're talking about a Goliath and then you small boy, you appear. I can fight him. Don't let anyone look down on you. Wherever you go, don't let anyone look down on you. Stand your standard. Be at right standing with God. Hold your posture. And then Saul said to David, okay, in verse 38, he gave him his own armor. So Saul was like, okay, let me help you then. A bronze helmet and a coat of mail. 39, David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. So David was like, okay, let me try this on. He strapped the sword, and he was like, let me look if it's, it's okay. But David is small, so it was probably too heavy on him. And then, after he took the step or two, he said, for, he said, what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. And he said, I can't go in these. That is what he protested to Saul. I am not used to this. I am not used to this. So David took it off again. But what did David then put on? The righteousness of God. He put on faith. He put on belief. He put on power. He put on the armor of God. The spiritual armor of God. That's what he put on. He didn't put on what Saul gave to him. He said, no, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. I am used to the way of God. And that is faith. That is faith. So he took it off. And in 45 he says, David replied to the Philistine, You came to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He came to him with the word of God. That is our armor, people. That is our strength. That is what transforms us from the inside out. 
That is why you see one person maybe more looking more righteous than the other. But in our core, we have all the same makeup. The righteousness, it's in us. But what is what you're going to apply? Are you going to do it the way you're used to? By your own efforts. Even if you're choosing your partner, oh, I'll do it the way I'm used to. I have a, a list with characteristics. I'll just go by this. Without the word of God, without including God. Oh, I am sick. I'll just take this ginger tea or do this without praying. No, that's not how it works. Apply the word of God. Apply the armor of his word. It doesn't matter how big or small your knowledge is in Christ. You just need to apply the small that you have. David used a stone to kill Goliath. It was a stone, a small stone. That is how small it was. But his faith was way bigger. So it doesn't matter how much verses you do know or you do not know. Use it. And it will make a difference. When we were at, I think, Preacher's Digest, our sister Gurje asked a very good question. She said, okay, what does it then mean to work out your salvation with fear and trembling? If we're talking about righteousness as being faith and not righteousness as being works. And then if we go to Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen. If you want to rule, if you want to reign, you need to work. Work out your faith with fear and trembling. And we're not talking about physical work. It's speaking. Speak out the word that is in you. Speak out the word that you know. Speak out the word that you hear every day. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word. So it's not just hearing it, but also speaking it out. Confess it unto yourself. Don't wait for anyone to know all of your problems before you confess it. When your problems hit you in the face, you tell them, hey, I am the righteousness of God. When sickness hits you in the face, you says, by his stripes, I am healed. You speak it out with faith, just as David had victory over a giant through faith. And sometimes as righteous people, we can fall, right? Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. So even when you fall, you rise. Yesterday at the sports day, a lot of us fell. Even I fell. But I rose again. I rose again. It's not about the falling. It's about the standing up. That is what counts. That is what makes the difference. Even if you're crawling on the ground, stand up. Even if you are crying, stand up and stand in his faith. Stand in his righteousness. Stand in his word. Don't let life's troubles and tribulations keep you down. No, stand. Even a righteous man falls. So don't be in your pity uh, party and say, oh, why me again? Even a righteous man falls. Just stand. Amen? 
And Psalm 72 verse 7 says, In the days of his reign, the righteous will spring forth with the abundance of peace and prosperity forevermore. Abundance of peace and prosperity is our portion as righteous people. Abundance of peace. Whatever you're going through, through the storms. When Jesus was in the boat with the disciples on the, on the storms, he was asleep. That is peace. You sleep in the middle of storms. An abundance of prosperity forevermore. Amen. I just want to end my message by saying that you cannot see the righteousness in you. You cannot say righteousness. Um, let me see how you look like. It's in you. Only when it comes out and you put it on, then will it be visible for people around you. And the only way to activate your righteousness is through his word and through your faith. It's through the word and through your faith. Your faith brings forth the manifestation of the truth. Your faith brings the manifestation of the righteousness in you. Because of your faith, you will access the heavenly realms to open the manifestations of your righteousness. Amen. It's all about faith. It's all about faith. You need to believe in what you hear. You need to receive it wholeheartedly. Even if life shows you another picture or another movie, your faith is not the same as what you see. So you need to apply the word of God that he has given unto you. Amen. Want to read one more passage. Psalms 34 verse 19 or two, two passages, sorry. Psalms 34 verse 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the word, but the Lord delivers him out of all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all. And Psalms 85 verse 13 says, righteousness will go before him and shall make his footsteps our pathway. Amen. Today, as you're here and you're going to start off your week again, may righteousness guard your footsteps. May it order you wherever you go. Go with righteousness. Wherever you step, go with righteousness. Wherever you go, go with righteousness. Whomever you meet, let them meet righteousness. It's going to order your steps. Maybe you do not know where you will be in two years time, three years time, but walk in righteousness. Because the path of righteousness always brings you to your destiny. Let us all be on our feet as we take some confessions. Because we believe in our heart, but with our mouth we need to confess unto God. So if I say it, you just repeat it after me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have a right stand with God through Christ. I am without blame, spot, or wrinkle. I am fruitful and I will multiply. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am overwhelmed with victory. I am the head and never the tail. By his stripes we were healed. I will receive a double portion of prosperity for my trouble. 
from and I am seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father come on just open your mouth and confess whatever word that is in you whatever word is in your righteous spirit just confess it confess it just open your mouth and speak it out